Well, partner, we're back again with another podcast, getting ready to talk to some great people about what's going on in our community. That partnership we always talk about in, in our police department with our traffic unit. Yes. Um, you know, we have a really good traffic unit. You know, the county's really big with 440 square miles. Yes. And, you know, over a million visitors to the county each day. Um, it's Our roads are busy. Right. I mean, our roads are really, really busy. And this is a unique podcast because it not only focuses on our citizen and visitor safety, right. but also another aspect of one of our 28 specialized units that our office is going to aspire to be a part exactly, of. Exactly, exactly. Um, and it's multifaceted unit. It's not just one aspect right, of the unit. Right, right. So, let's jump right, right in. And, let's and, get in hot. Yeah, let's go in hot and then talk to, uh, let's introduce some of our, uh, our guests. Our lieutenant, want to talk about, Jim, you want to talk about what's going on in your unit? And uh, about you first, how about that? Jim Profita, got here in 96, had a blessed career on uh, with patrol. I used to love doing traffic and <laughs> DUIs back in the day on midnights. And I uh, had a blessed career getting a sergeant. And I run, ran four years in traffic as a traffic sergeant, which really gave me a passion. All of the, most of the fatalities that happen needlessly in Chesterfield County occur on our roadways. Right. So it gives you a passion to make sure that you get out there and that the right folks get out there to make sure that we make our roads safe. Uh, and once again, blessed to come back to Special Operations Division to be the lieutenant and uh, have the traffic section and the set section, our special enforcement team, which does do traffic as mm-hmm. well uh, from time to time to make sure that we keep our roads safe. Okay. Now, prior to going to back from patrol to being a sergeant in patrol, then working with the um, crash team and all is what you're saying? Correct. Where were you? Did you work for any other units? Yeah, I had... Got to go to investigations for a little bit, persons, uh, went to property, did some economic crime, uh, got to go to Vice as four years as a <laughs> lieutenant over there, fabulous job. And um, like I said, came back over. I was admin lieutenant for a little bit and okay. also um, did some uh, school safety, which was So fun. you're getting a lot of experience throughout the department right. to make you better um, um for just right. just to How be to able to use our resources, resources to make exactly. the road safe. Exactly. Yeah. It's my niche. I've been to crash team school, too. Yep. So uh, I know what these guys are going through when we, we go to these crash team calls where people don't make it, unfortunately. Ross, excellent. Lieutenant, I know that you have also served in the military. We want to thank you for your military service yes. while you've been an officer in the department. And what is your educational background? Ah, great education. So I was blessed with a scholarship to University of Richmond uh, with a partnership mm-hmm. with Chesterfield County. Got my bachelor's in HR with a minor in leadership from there. And then really blessed to be go to VSU and be a Trojan for my master's. Right. Yeah. And Within the state university. Classmates yeah. of yours. Yes, yes we were. My yes. Trojan yes. brother, yes. yes. So yes. Uh, grateful for that and uh, would have never had that opportunity had they not also exactly. offered the scholarship potential. Exactly. That partnership, again, with our community and the police is not only in our um, community, but also with our colleges and, and, and universities in our in our community. Which they were awesome. ahead of the curve with getting community policing and getting policing known to the university way ahead of everybody else trying to get on board. Awesome, awesome. So next we have Master Officer Rob Wilson. Yeah, so I grew up in western New York. I came down here in 2014. I went to college up there at Fredonia State University. Mm-hmm. Um, and Did uh, Elliot recruit you? No, no. Um, he stays up there. That was uh, a few things. Wanted to come to Virginia. Chester County had a lot to offer with the uh, quality of the schools, parks, good place to raise a family because I knew that was going to be important moving forward in a department that had multiple opportunities for me career-wise um, and personally. Uh, and then so I worked patrol for three and a half years, 
got a passion for traffic safety and really preventing fatal crashes that are occurring on our streets. Uh, came to the traffic unit, I've been here ever since. Okay, and how long have you been with the department? Uh, eight years. Eight years, awesome. Let's not forget Officer of the Year. Oh, wow, oh, yeah. congratulations. Congratulations, that's yes, a, not you. an easy feat to get out of 400 officers, uh, rank and file officers exactly. that qualify for that, and um, we do want to take time and acknowledge it. That's wonderful. Thank you. Good for you. Well, let's jump right in it. Um, so, Lieutenant, tell us the makeup of your traffic safety unit. Currently, we have three traffic officers, four motor officers, and our two new drug recognition experts are GREs. They work evening shift and look after and into the nights doing DUI patrol and looking out for drug to driving as well. Okay, so you have three motor units, four. And four, four, four motor units, and motors are motorcycles. Motorcycles, right. And what specifically can they do that cars can't do? They get into places that <laughs> yeah. everyone knows where police cars sit. They can sit in the driveways or other locations that are advantageous to speeding. And also, if we have uh, accidents and crashes, they can go through traffic. Even now, we've even repurposed them. Uh, they're getting a rifle soon. And uh, oh, wow. they'll be able to get, when we have an event, let's say we have something horrible happening where traffic's backed up, they can get into places where officers can't quickly. Okay, so. okay. Yeah, great, great tool for like the fire, um, fireworks, fair, right. things like that. They can move through crowds, sidewalks, down the side of the road. Wow. And what type of, I know we're a 24-hour operation, so I assume that people in your unit must be on call for traffic fatalities or major crash investigations? Someone is available 24-7, 365 for that. We have a team and it's calendar for that, but we're also open for traffic enforcement from six in the morning until four in the morning, okay. most days. Well, you, when you walk me through the training for traffic units, not, not, not traffic, but your crash team, and uh, uh, where the units that, that are, are on call 24 hours are coming out to fatalities. Let me defer to the expert, I'll go yeah. with okay. Dr. Wilson. In order to be qualified to come to traffic, you have to take fundamentals of crash investigation. There's a series of courses uh, that go, a series of three basic courses that build fundamentals, advance, and then reconstruction school. They're all two weeks. And there's specialty schools you can take. So certain schools will specialize on motorcycle crash, bicycles, pedestrians, which is a prevalent thing that we have in the county, our pedestrian involved fatalities. So specialty courses in that or commercial motor vehicles. Uh, so as a series of classes, different members of the unit have different specialties and, oh, okay. you know, due to resources of training. So usually we try to have all the specialties covered within the unit. And then obviously there's overlap as well. Okay. And as a part of your training, we provide all that training. We don't expect our incoming employees to go out and seek that training on their own. You get selected and then the department pays for you to get that training. That, that's Correct. true. That's true. And there's also a great relationship with the Department of Motor Vehicles. DMV sponsors mm -hmm. trainings every year that funds through their highway safety grant and all that for uh, training courses to be offered. Um, lots of times the instructors come from Florida actually and come locally. Mm -hmm. And then the county also, the department will send us um, out of state even if they have to for certain trainings. Okay. Now, I know, Lieutenant, you said you have two newer positions, the two drug recognition experts. Correct. DREs. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and what led you to incorporate that into our unit? Well, as the state legalized marijuana, it was going to be a growing trend if you look at what Colorado had and yep. the, the huge influx of fatalities and crashes that they were occurring from drug-related uh, crashes, we needed to get on board with uh, what the state has. So when you look at trying to recognize these things and have someone as an expert in court, 
you, it takes a lot of training. Right. So these guys went through a really long course to get to where they're at to be certified. They had like a 12-hour test yeah. at the end. They had to go wow. out of state. And then they got to do their observations, right. which takes like two weeks. It's like so. almost medical observations. Mm-hmm. They're going to hospitals, looking at people that are under the influence right. and figuring out what they're on and um, having experts sign off on them that they are accredited to recognize what drugs people are on. And you say we have two officers that have been through the school. We've had, we actually have more than that. I believe we have four officers that have graduated the school. We have two that wow. are currently doing enforcement with us on the traffic team. Wow. And they work... A different hours. Yes, they work uh, 6 p.m. to 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then they also are on call and available if patrol uh, recognizes a need. They can come out and assist. And actually, the department is moving forward with sending multiple more officers this year to the same training. So this is something that we're going to be expanding as a department and to fulfill that need, as he said, with increased uh, drug driving offenses and crashes. That's right. a lot. We'd wow. like to have one on each wow. shift. So if you have someone that's you know drugged or they're just not a, you know looking correct and you can't put your finger on it, you can get someone up there and take a look at it. Wow. And look yeah. at the telltale signs. So let's talk about a couple of the numbers that I'm looking at here. Um, I know that we do a lot of DUI enforcement. I see a lot of um, opportunities to work selective enforcement or grant funded enforcement. Yes. Um, and I, and I'd like to see that. Mm-hmm. I mean I. I 25 years of doing this job, I've seen the, the negative effects of people drinking and driving. Right. But it looks like in 2021, we had almost 1,200 DUI arrests in Chesterfield County alone. Um, those are numbers that our department have. That doesn't include numbers that state, state, state police, game, um, the Game Commission, they've had ABC agents, other sure. law enforcement mm-hmm. organizations, federal, local, state who work here in this area. Um, that's 1,200 people. Arrested for DUIs. Yes. Do you want to speak a little bit about that or your enforcement actions or activities um, with that and how people can help reduce that number? Well, obviously, don't drink and drive. We have Uber. Right. Uber exactly. will get you everywhere or whatever uh, ride service that you choose. It's it's silly this day and age that people are drinking and exactly. driving. Or yeah. even drugged and driving. It's one of those things where it's avoidable. There's so many services out there that will right. give you a free ride home on the holidays or whatever the, you know, like MAD will do this, some right. sponsor events. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, people keep doing it over yeah. and over. Personal choice. And, yeah. you know, 10 years ago, Uber wasn't a thing. But, you know, especially here in Chesterfield County, it's pretty, uh, you know, pretty developed area. You pretty much have Uber and Lyft, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, among other organizations, they can get a ride home. Right, right. That's a lot. Yeah, I that mean, is a lot. three people a day. Yep. Yeah. Being so, arrested for DUIs in neighborhoods mm-hmm. with children getting off with of buses and yep. you know places of worship letting out that is that is just a lot of uh, a lot of people. And, and the thing too is is that a lot of people assume it's at night. Just the other day, um, one of our traffic officers stopped the car on Robius Road. Guy was three times the legal limit. It was like eight o'clock in the morning. Wow. Yes. And so we're talking rush hour traffic, heavy. You know, as you said, and actually the the facts of that case were um, astonishing. The individuals driving down the bike lane. There on Robius Lane, uh, Robius Road, mm-hmm. where you got the bike lane for uh-huh. the um, road bikers, and that was the one of the pr- parts of the premise for the stop was the guy was driving down the shoulder, which is the bike lane there. Thank God there wasn't a bicyclist on the road. Right, three times the legal. Yeah, the highest DUI I ever had was on day work. It passed a school bus. Wow. That was the reason for the stop, and it was a point three two. So how are we getting our message out to to inform the public that you, we're trying to prevent things from happening in our community? What are what are you all doing? What are we doing as a police department to 
to, to bridge that, that gap there? Besides stopping folks and um, you know, writing them citations, we also write a lot of warnings. You can see that we wrote over 12, almost 12,500 warnings. So we're not just being mean, but we want you to be aware sure. that your driving matters, right. your infraction matters. It didn't, ha didn't cause a crash or hurt somebody this time, but there's a great potential that it can. Mm -hmm. So if you don't yeah. stop that negative behavior, it's gonna lead to something. That, in the, in the last two years, we've really tried to branch out to community organizations in the media and pushing out more than just uh, writing tickets, you know, and that's a lot of people, you know, but there's a lot more to traffic safety and awareness than that. And we've started the In Memory Of um, campaign, partnering with the media. And what we're doing is we're getting the stories, the families, the loved ones of the victims of these fatal crashes. And even had one of the individuals that was at fault for a crash participate and give his side wow. how the fact that he, in his case, was texting while driving mm -hmm. and, and, and ultimately killed somebody. And, and he spoke about the impact of that and his message of, you know, mm -hmm. put the phone down when you're driving. Right. And so, you know, multiple news organizations have shared those videos. We got stuff on YouTube. And then last year we had the billboards right. that right. were corresponding with that. In addition, we've done the, the high visibility enforcement mm -hmm. where we've partnered with Henrico County, Richmond, State Police, and we put out the media release. You know, we're going to um, be doing enforcement on Hall Street Road due to or Chippenham, mm -hmm. right. you know. Right. And usually those are tied to our high crash intersections, our high crash roads where we're seeing those fatalities. And just having a region-wide um, campaign of bringing awareness to the issues on these roadways. Well, walk us through some of the new laws with texting and driving. Um, I mean, that, I don't think we see that enough because I can drive by even in a marked car and mm -hmm. see people still doing the same old thing um, instead, of instead of having hands-free, they're just texting. Right. So two years ago, we had the text while driving law, and it was very specific. You couldn't text. You couldn't look at email. And so it was hard to, be, it was hard to understand for the citizens to understand what they could or could not do on their phone while they were driving. It was hard for law enforcement to make enforcement action because you had to be able to articulate what the person was doing. And there was a navigation exception and at that point. As sure. well, you also had a navigation um, point with GPSs. So um, recently, that has been clarified. The law now has been changed, and it states that an operator of moving motor vehicle on a highway cannot hold a cell phone. So now, regardless of what you're doing on the phone, you cannot hold it while you're driving. GPS, anything um, besides calling 911. Well, beside, well, even you can't hold it to even change your music. Right. It does not, yeah, it does not uh, matter what you're doing. And the reason, the, the reason behind it is no matter what you're doing on your phone, you're looking at it. Right. Mm -hmm. And right. also you got another, you got to hand off the steering wheel. So your reaction time, if someone, you know, a kid steps out in front of you, you're driving through a neighborhood, you're holding your phone, kid stops out in front of you, you got to be able to steer. Right. So, and I know most phones now, most smartphones, you can have them activated. So when the vehicle is on and moving. Right. Yes. They won't receive incoming yes, text right. messages or yep. things that yep. it can distract. So parents have really got to take advantage dial of in it. and take advantage of that that uh, technology. It's there. It keeps your kids safe. And, mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. You know, are, are we doing anything to educate our kids, young kids that are that are getting their driver's license, uh, other than seeing the PSAs or seeing some of the things that we have advertised on the news? Are we going into the schools and talking to them? So I do know there is a partnership with uh, Project Impact. And they do the, well, 
prior to COVID and it's all kind of trying to get back. They went virtual during COVID, so it took a different face. But moving forward, that's where they do the mock crash at the, the high schools where mm -hmm. they take the wrecked cars. And they then at that point speak to the kids okay. about the, the consequences of um, poor decisions because it's that split second decision that has caused catastrophic effects on the rest of your life and someone else's. Yeah. So I know, Lieutenant, you brought up, I'm going to go back to something you talk, You spoke about written sums and said we've, last year in 2021, there were about 12,500 written warnings issued. Can you speak about the difference between written warnings and traffic summons? Because traffic summons, we issued about 26,000. In addition to that, we had the 12,500 warning summons. And I'm not familiar with other departments in this area who actually do warning summons. Why are we doing that? Well, it's a better way to communicate your message without, you know, obviously upsetting your community. Uh, one of the things that we looked, looked at was it depends on what you have. So if you're pulled over for speeding, you may get an offense for that if it's outrageous. And then, but your inspections you know, expired. You know, it's, here's a warning. Please take care of that because safety of your vehicle is paramount as right. well. If your wheels fall off or whatever the situation is, or the tread on your tires mm -hmm. is bad, that type of thing, to where you're looking out after people's safety and making sure that they're doing well. Mm -hmm. And it's it's nice not to get a ticket. You know, that that's the uh, end goal is just to communicate the message, not necessarily just. We, do, we don't like writing tickets either. We'd right. rather have right. you just comply. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, and the issue with the traffic safety is exactly that. It's safety, you know, mm -hmm. reduction of loss of life or injury or a property damage. And right. We see a lot, a lot of that. Um, I know when people first started hearing about the uh, warning summons, they were really happy. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, yeah. they, were, they were really happy, you know. We just want compliance. Sure. Um, and then they don't have to pay a fine or mess up their insurance or right. any any of those type of things. But twelve thousand five hundred of them, that's a lot of yeah. uh, a lot of work Won't put in by the men and women of Chesterfield Police right. Department. You know, we're talking thirty eight thousand between the two issued yeah. in, in a one calendar year. It's about ten percent of the population. Yeah. Right. And that's 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 yeah. a lot. Um, deaths and fatalities are something that we you all deal with a lot and our patrol officers do um, it looks like in 2021 we had 995 injuries uh, associated with crashes. Um, that number is a lot, a thousand. Um, and I don't know if they both attributed to speed or distracted driving or could it be the sun coming up or right. any number of things. But at the end of the day, that's almost a thousand. But unfortunately, 20 of those were fatalities. Yes. Um, can you speak a little bit about the length of time it takes to investigate a fatality or? some of these crashes and some of the challenges that you have in your unit of right. being successful? Well, you know, every crash is, is different, you know, and the amount of time that goes into a case, uh, it varies widely. Um, some cases are ones where it's one week or so, and then, you know, some cases are, you know, multiple officers working for a few weeks. Uh, we've had cases where, you know, um, hit and run cases especially sometimes mm. can be very manpower intensive of tracking down the individual that was involved. And, you know, some of them, like I said, can be very simple. But, you know, everything from work, getting toxicology reports, cell phone data, um, interviewing person, places, thing, you know, friends of the people that mm -hmm. were involved mm -hmm. and finding mm -hmm. out where everybody was before the crash and where they were going and, Search yeah. warrants. Search yeah. warrants. A lot of, you know, yeah. a lot of search warrants and 
finding that information. And with the increase of distracted driving uh, fatalities, you know, it's very um, labor intensive with getting the cell phone information, figure out what um, the distraction may have been right. involved inside that car at the time wow. of the crash. I know when Daryl and I recruiting a lot, right. we get a lot of questions about forensics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think your answer was great for that because I don't really think that most people are aware that you have to work with the private industry that sometimes yes. solve these with cell phone companies. Mm-hmm. Um, your office will canvas an area to see mm-hmm. if people have cameras yes. and businesses. businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And we're very appreciative of businesses and homeowners who provide that sharing that exactly. information, yes. sharing that information to bring resolution for a family. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot. Yeah. yeah, paint paint chips off of vehicles and see what type of vehicle yeah. could this have possibly come from. So that's why it's sometimes delayed in in making a proper assessment. It's not right. done overnight. Absolutely, we had one case um, involving, or we've used it in two separate hit and run cases: the microscopic paint chips um, in a pedestrian's clothing, and then the uh, Department of Forensic Science can actually get us up to like six VIN places of the vehicle that was involved just based off of the tint right. or the paint on the vehicle. Wow. Uh, well, th- coming up, prom season. I mean, that, parents, that's... Every parent's yeah, worry. Man, that, that's... I mean, it was mine. So I bring that up to say, are we... Usually you see sometime at the courthouse, you see a vehicle um, parked there, a crash vehicle or something parked there. What are we doing to, to get the awareness out about... This is this is a time where kids are out doing things that they normally wouldn't do, um, hanging out, doing whatever. Are we sending a message out to them as a traffic unit or as, as a, uh, a unit for the police department to our community about making sure our kids are safe? When I, when I was in school safety, typically we'd have the school resource officer speak okay. to traffic safety during those times, and some of those. Um, Schools would put a car out front so they could see a crashed car, what a crashed car looks like, to yeah. remember yeah. that your actions have meaning and yes. they could cause you know the death of your friends. I lost friends in high school yeah. um, for poor traffic safety. I have to. Yeah. And um, it, it happens to young people because they don't have the wisdom of the exp- or the experience of driving that much. When a situation occurs, they weren't prepared for it. They weren't wearing their seatbelt or the speed was too high. Any message you would send to a parent if you were talking to them right now? As every parent, yeah. just make sure that you go over these things and make exactly. sure they hear it and make sure they're listening to you and that the importance of driving is, you know, you're driving a gun, essentially, yeah. and exactly. uh, use it safely. That, that and, you know, the, the schools are, you know, we're post-COVID in the, in the sense of activities, and there are school-sponsored events that are, you know, monitored um, before and after proms, mm-hmm. I know, and law enforcement officers also work those. You know, schools have security there just yep. to... Have the kids make wise decisions of where they're at that night, you yeah, know, right. post and pre, um, pre-dance. Yeah. And I know there's apps on phones that parents sure. can monitor the kid's yeah. speed. Absolutely. So it'll tell the mm-hmm. parent, like, hey, your kid mm-hmm. is in a 55 zone, your kid is going 78, yeah. or your kid is yeah. going 57. Um, yeah. You have to be active and be hands-on yeah. and make sure you know who your kids are riding with. Um, who they're hanging out with is, yep. as much as I'm possible. just always worried about this time of the year when the kids are getting close and that you know that that spring weather is coming and and they no prom is coming up and things of that sort. Yeah, they they have to be parents and not friends. Sure, and well, sure. Uh, that's the number one. When you know, my, I gave my kids cell phones. It came at the precursor <laughs> of uh, these are my phones mm-hmm. and I monitor everything on them. So mm-hmm. there was right. no no hidden mm-hmm. or. You know, agenda on my part, mm-hmm. but it was the safety, strictly for safety, for their safety, their whereabouts, and so that we could make sure that we're, I was doing the right thing. Awesome, awesome. I, I know you all said something about 
uh, number one traffic intersections, uh, traffic crash in locations. Anything in particular that happens at those locations? Is it people trying to beat the light or not properly stopping or just distracted driving? It's a combination of everything, speed, distracted driving. You know, we have uh, rear end crashes are common in intersections. Mm. You know, every, every day you hear right. the rear end crash. Well, you know, there's a few things that go into a rear end crash. It's, you know, people being distracted, not paying attention to how right. far the car out in front of them is. And then it's speed. And then you touched on earlier, you know, you mentioned how many injuries there are, you know. And, and to me, that comes back to speed. You know, no one, likes, like we said, nobody wants to get a speeding ticket. But if you're driving down the road and someone's going to rear-end you and you're on a 45 zone, would you rather them strike the rear of your car at 45? Right. Or would you rather them hit you at 60, 65? 65. Right. And then and you talk about the difference in injuries when, you know, you're in a neighborhood or you're in a, you know, a 35 zone and, you know, what might have been a minor crash where maybe nobody even goes to the hospital. Now you've been rear-ended, you know, 15, 20 mm. over a speed limit, and now you're being transported, and you have life-altering injuries right. for the rest of your right. life. Or, you know, a lot of people suffering uh, brain um, traumatic injuries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, you know, the rest of your life you're going to have the effects of that. And let's not forget about following too close. People just don't give themselves enough right. time exactly. to stop. They're yeah. right on your bumper. Yep. Exactly. They think that getting that close to you is going to help you speed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it only causes them to crash because they didn't have the reaction. Right. Exactly. 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 So before we finish up. We always, we always do this. Um, you know, we have great jobs here at Stressful yes. County Police Officers. Yes. But we also have labs outside of work. Yes. Yeah. How do you deal with the stress of your job? You know, For, what, what, what are some of the, the activities to get you away from policing? Um, you know, families, and I always say golf. You know, I, I love to go out and, and try to play. So what are some of the things that you do to relieve you from the stress that we have in this job? I love hanging out with my kids. Uh, we really enjoy it on the weekends. I mean, we got the uh, season passes to the zoo. So, oh, wow. You know, oh. go out there and just chill and relax. Just um, like you said, take the mind off the job. You know, it's, it's a little bit tougher in uh, traffic. You're on call a lot. But, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, be able to just relax, be a dad, you right. know, be involved with my kid. So hopefully... He uh, does, makes wise choices when he's older. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to travel and uh, spend time with my wife oh, and good. kids when we can. They're kind of grown up now, but mm-hmm. uh, I do everything from, you know, one of the things as I've gotten older is try to take care of my body and sure. exercise. Sure. So I try to run to get some yep. stress off me. And uh, it's come into play as I've gotten older. And then uh, guys do everything from camping, building cars, you name oh. it, they'll put their efforts and energy into things, projects good, yeah. that they like. They all have good, good hobbies. I always worry when people don't have hobbies, but everyone in yeah. traffic's got a hobby that yeah. they're, they're interested in. Awesome, awesome. Well, partner, again, we, you know, it, it's always fascinating to talk to officers, and the things that we have in common is once we're off, we try to do things to ease that tension of, of being out with a stressful job. Yes. Uh, family always plays a big role into our lives. Um, Absolutely. Again, I, I do things with my church. I like to go out and, uh, and just hang out with them and get away from the, the hustle and bustle being I'm a retiree, part-time police officer. Right. Um, but again, <laughs> I, I love being around family, and I say family in two ways, mm-hmm. my immediate family and then my family of police officers. Right. And that's important that we do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to thank Lieutenant Perfita and... Master Officer Wilson, Wilson, for being here today. Um, these are two, in my opinion, some of the highest stress jobs yes. in the police department. You're yes. dealing with death, you're dealing with families, you're dealing with emotions. Yeah. Um, they don't, unfortunately, get to be on call when it's prime weather. Exactly. Regardless exactly. of snow, lightning, 
you know, whatever the conditions are. They're, they're, they're out in the rain. They're out in the rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, they're, out in the, yeah. they're out in the rain with people who are not happy that they have sure. to sit there for an hour and get diverted and can't mm-hmm. figure out how to get home. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, we're here to serve the public. Exactly. And part of that service exactly. means that sometimes other people are inconvenienced. We're just trying to keep awareness of what we're giving the community. You have some experts in doing the crashes and the things that are going on in our community, uh, in our in our county, and we appreciate you guys. We appreciate. And I, and I really it. think today's show helps our potential applicants yes. see that this is another aspect of policing um, mm-hmm. that they also can aspire to. And exactly. Um, Absolutely. You know, the unit is bigger. We have a aviation section. They yep. have a lot of other sections under this one unit, but this yep. is one one portion of the. Uh, of Lieutenant Profita's responsibility. Yes. So, Keep it a community uh, safe. That's so right. I'd like to remind our potential applicants, you can go to joinccpd.org to apply for a police position. Um, also, you can find us on social media. If you have any concerns or comments or questions for the department, feel free to reach out to our social media specialist or go on to ccpd.org, and we have a contact information exactly, there. Exactly, exactly. And we're looking forward to hearing from our community and the recruiters that want to come to Chesapeake County Police Department. Thank you. You know, and also, before we close, I want to thank uh, Chris Rizzuti and Lena Dooley for doing all the the behind-the-scenes thing. You don't hear them, don't see them, but they are the ones making it happen They make it work, brother. Absolutely. Have a good day.